0: What the truck! You are listening to Why the Truck.
1: Are you ready to truck it? I'm Dooner here with Michael Vincent the dude.
2: Hey everybody! Good Friday afternoon from a uh, beautiful fall day here in Freight Alley, man. It is gorgeous out there.
1: Oh yeah, I'm easing. I'm easing yeah. into this cold. It's gonna be nice. It's gonna warm up a little bit next week too. Uh, and you're bit. all out here for F three. Yeah, ten days away. I'm sure, y'all getting prepared. We might have a little advice for you a little later in the show on some things to look into. Speaking of today's show, we got a really good one. We've got Project Forty Four founder and CEO Jet McCallis. Find out about fatherhood, running a multi billion dollar freight tech unicorn, being at the helm during all this uh, disruption, find out what visibility actually means, all those kind of things. We got Reliance Partners. Robert Cafferl, he's going to come on tell you to winterize your truck, get ready for winter so you don't break down and die out there. Uh, Bluebirds, Phil Highland, he's going to serenade all of us with a great play at Ford, some music. We'll talk maybe about some <laughs> entertainment industry logistics. We might even give you a preview of uh, OK Boomer with him. We got the maker of this game coming on the show Monday. There's some great trivia questions in here, Sweet. so might have to crack into those two. Um And then we got to go to Hickson after the show to go to Spirit Halloween to get our costumes for next Friday's show. I'm looking
2: forward to that, doing a little shopping.
1: Yeah, so, guys, there will not be a Halloween show on the 31st. That is F3 week where the 31st kicks off, so our shows will just be on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday live from the event that week. So it'll be a little different schedule. So next week on Friday, we will do uh, Halloween with NASA, too. It'll be a good time.
2: Oh, NASA's on with Halloween. Perfect.
1: NASA's on with Halloween. Love it. Hey, so my kids are getting a little bit older. Eight and six now. and um, Yeah. Thursdays kind of suck, right? I was always saying, I'm thinking, like, what is the one <laughs> weekly day that, like, sucks for a kid? And, like, Thursdays, because then you, you still got Friday to go to school and all that. Uh, so yeah, 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 cool. I've been stopping at the local shop here in Infinity Flux and getting them some Pokemon cards. Oh, and okay. um, they've been getting into it. Some of their friends at school are into it. It's great. Uh, you know, and then I'm in there, and one of my addictions started to kick in. You know, in 1994, 1995, I was a young teenager. I started getting this game called Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Right. So uh, as I was getting my kid a pack, it's like cigarettes. You know, as I'm getting my kids a pack, I'm like, "Uh, why don't you throw one of those magic?
2: Yeah, Dex give me a pack there. of Pall Malls in there.
1: Got this. So I, I opened it up, cracked it open. They've got it's so much different than it used to be. Now they got apps and everything, and you look at the value's it's Got a fifty five dollar rare card in there. So like, I bought a binder. Wow. And I don't know. It might be off, but then it got me curious though. I was like, it, does anyone in this industry even like play D and D or Magic or into that nerdy stuff? All people ever like publicly talk about is how they go out and play golf right, or right. or like smoke cigars together. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can smoke cigars during Magic in the right. Location of too. You can. Well, it turns out a lot of people in logistics actually do play this game. Andy Ellington, he said, uh, no one likes a quitter, sir. Let's go. Pretend it's Thursday every day and fill up that binder. Drew go. Pearson says trade up until you get that black lotus. The black lotus is like a hundred oh, thousand dollar right? card that came out of one of the original decks. Yeah. Uh Sun Kim, he said we need to start our own league. Jonathan Eichmann has a great idea. He says MTG Leagues would be a huge improvement in networking event enjoyment. The next big craze. I I could do it. F3. Maybe I'll set up a little private match of the gathering session. Any of you nerds out there? Rob Boosie says collect with the boys. Dooner. Good times, man. Lots worse habits. His is records. Um, it's Jake <laughs> McLeod. He's CEO at XO friend. These are like CEOs, wait, founders. Wait. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look <laughs> at these, these guys.
2: All the nerds sweet. are winning, right?
1: I know, it's car- <laughs> it's, like, Jake McLeod said it's called cardboard crack for a reason. Uh, this uh, other guy, John. Oh man, Jonathan. Um, Uh, This guy's a vice president at Merrill Lynch. He said, man, oh, man, the memories fill up that binder. Keep doing it. Clay Stronger says, uh, it's a tight-knit community, but we exist. Done deals that I used to play, but I wish I could. And it's so interesting. If you're uh, you're tracking, like, the future trends on these, um, going back to this OK Boomer thing, if you think generationally, stuff like Pokemon Magic, they came out in the mid-'90s. So now a lot of parents who grew up on that stuff are having kids. Yeah, and they're getting them hooked on it. Well, it's a good way to jump back in with them and
2: spend a little time with your kids. They kind of haven't been building the bricks and the Legos as much. Yeah, I I don't disagree. It's also a great imagination builder. It is. You know? Yeah.
1: Very cool. Let's tip the band. Let's get into some news. Fleets today cannot waste time waiting for fully driverless technology. Locomation's autonomous relay convoy systems are safe, legal, and profitable, with no federal regulations holding them back. Join Locomation for the fastest path to commercial development
2: and scale across the U.S. at dude. Hey, go to Locomation.ai forward slash no barriers immediately after this show. All right, headlines.
1: Yeah. What's cooking in the world today? Stocks suck, but how about trading pallets online, Michael Vincent? I think it's brilliant. Brian Strait reports on Thursday, Pallet Trader, they're an e-commerce marketplace for pallet sellers and buyers. They announced its official unveiling, seeking to make the entire process of buying and selling pallets as easy as shopping on Amazon. I love it.
2: I love it. Pallet Trader. So they've been operational behind the scenes for a couple months now, my friend. Okay. Yeah, they've been doing this. They've conducted thousands of transactions, but... It took about two and a half years to develop this thing, right? And put it in there, about 20,000 hours of testing to make sure this works. So uh, hmm, they've done the proper testing. I think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, you know, Vicero, he
1: says that this idea came to him about four years ago when he realized that there was no online marketplace to get pallets, probably like right. anyone else. He's like, I need pallets. How do I go about getting Google?" And we're like, "Ah, oh, there's like, how does this even work? <laughs> he believes the market for pallet trader includes about 500 million pallets in an estimated pallet pool of about 1 billion Many are in rental pools, meaning they are owned by an entity that rents them out for use. Pallet Trader is targeting the white pallet market. Those that have no single owner and are simply are bought and resold as needed. So those are the ones that are just like, you got a pallet, throw it on a pallet. Yeah. yeah, It hasn't really been formalized. I mean, the guy brings up a great point here. He says pallets are as big as trucking. Ocean freight and rail put together. Everything moves on pallets, yet there is is no e-commerce. What are we doing with pallet? What we are doing with Pallet Trader is not just bringing... The mark to the market to the marketplace. We are bringing a transportation management
2: system for pallets, which is which is needed, man. I mean, my my whole career, you either had too many or not enough, and you you either paying through the nose for them or selling them for pennies on a dollar or whatever it happened to be. It was just a pain. So
1: what do you think? Do you have- how like how would this how would it. this
2: make how would this
1: have made your life easier back in like the roadway days?
2: Well, I could have set up a, a specific vendor where I wasn't paying through the nose for this, right? And had a a better outlet for moving these things back off of my docks because that in and out flow of, of freight that's coming back, especially in 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 uh at the brake bulks, so I guess they call them distribution centers now, is showing my age a little bit. They would start to gather like absolute crazy because the end-of-the-line terminals would just start throwing them back on the back of their their trucks on their outbound, coming back through the, the brake boss distribution centers, and you'd, this stuff would just start piling up. Yeah. Tons and tons and tons of these things.
1: Speaking of e-commerce and final mile, though, here mm-hmm. is an interesting story that's been going mm-hmm. on. Delivery mm-hmm. company GoPuff has continued their layoffs and is moving into outsourcing. This story comes um, after, I believe it wasn't that long ago, that they just had another round of layoffs. Jack Del Rio reports... Jack Del Rio, Jack Del Rio, Jack
2: Del Rio was Del the Rio. Jaguars coach, wasn't Jackie he?
1: Del Rio. I angered some Jaguars fans yesterday, by the way, because I like, loved you, it, dude. I,
2: I knew you would, but well, I loved it. I, was I didn't snickering.
1: intend to like insult yes, the did. Jaguars personally.
2: You were, you were, you were trying no, to get No, I was making an analogy. To get <laughs> no,
1: no. There's a thing in this industry called blank sailings. So, like ocean carriers do blank sailings, which means that they skip either entire voyages or calls in order to artificially control capacity. And Correct. You already know of this happening in sports when teams are bad or they can't sell the stadium, they they tarp them, and the Jaguars just happen to have the best HD pictures of their own season. Start.
2: Why don't they just put people's pictures, pictures of people on there, 3D images of people on there, like we did during the pandemic, and fake like there's people in the stands? Ooh, huh?
1: they should do. Oh, like uh? WWE is doing with the Thunderdome.
2: Yes. Well,
1: anyways, a few months after announcing layoffs to hundreds of employees, GoPuff has continued to trim their workforce. The 30-minute delivery company last week cut just under 250 workers. People familiar with the matter told Bloomberg on Wednesday, according to GoPuff, the layoffs affect the firm's customer service team and include a mix of full-time and temporary employees. The cuts are part of an internal restructuring by GoPuff that they said started in July. The company intended to eliminate the roles months ago, they say, but the process was delayed for... Uh, legal and operational reasons. I think they meant the word was optical reasons, though.
2: Optical reasons, optical yes. Reasons. In July, GoPuff announced a company wide re- reorganization and 10% reduction in workforce as part of a broader restructuring effort to focus on profitability. The company told Modern Shipper Thursday in an email statement. The most recent impacts to the customer service team were part of this reorganization, which we have been implementing for the last Three months.
1: Not bad. Well, this person on Reddit, they say that the company told them all to go puff themselves. It says right here, (laughs) post to Radiant Things 9009 said, just let everyone know, GoPuff just terminated the the entire delivery partner support system, including me, and they're outsourcing everything to the Philippines. So you're not likely to get your emails, chats, tickets, and phone calls answered. But it doesn't end there. A lot of other people chimed in and they said, yeah, they have, as a former GoPuff employee, the entire pay team has been completely disbanded as well. You can expect to receive absolutely no replies for your pay issues.' So." A lot of trouble over there. Sad to hear what's happening there for the GoPuff workers, sort of like what happened with Slank, and now people don't know when they're getting paid.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's a little bit crazy. He's, he's, he's uh, beating up on the uh, the Philippines, though. So. I right? guess so. A little bit. Yeah, I
1: mean, a little bit, but I guess that's what they <laughs>
2: outsourced it to. But uh, yeah, yeah. It makes well, it took its like a
1: a job. Bit. I mean, it's I, I think in the context, it's somewhat understandable. I, I, agree. I agree. Well, here's two really quick ones, too. Um,
2: check out these rotating
1: yard dog suits they got in Europe. And my question is, the why aren't design. these
3: here it's in the, the United States? Well,
2: why did they just figure the this out, out now? We've state state had yard dogs and yard hustlers in Ottawas for a long, long time. This makes perfect sense.
1: And look at it. You spin around, and then, like, he's driving like a train conductor here. Yeah. looking out the window. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Driving in reverse I mean due to the- I mean we figured out how to do this with pallet jacks.
1: I know now we like <laughs> skipped an entire generation and those things are gonna be like autonomous. You can yeah. be driving back.
2: I mean it's real, it's just a jet, ge- it's just a giant pallet jack, basically. I mean
1: <laughs> I would like that <laughs> right? in my uh, in my
2: passenger car. I think it's awesome. I love it.
1: Well the the other one, this is just a weird story. It's a flatbed full of bees used to uh used against the police during a tenant eviction. So and here's the curious part. So show the, show the picture of this lady right here. So she
2: yeah, that, says that uh, your right.
1: firearms are useless against my bees. It's a woman in Western Massachusetts, not too far from where I'm from. She was hot shotting a flatbed full of beehives. She turned up at this police eviction at wet, which was not her house. This was on October 12th. Her name is Rory wood. She's 55 of Hadley. Um, she arrives there, she jumps out of her SUV, she goes yeah. to the back of the flathead, Yeah. she starts hitting, like, the beehives really yeah. hard, so they get all agitated, She starts knocking them over, the cops are trying to grab her, she runs off, comes back in a bee suit, holding a cone full of bees, and she walks up at the door, shaking them around like a lantern, you know, just angry bees at all these Absolutely police. Insane.
2: You know, it turns out the whole thing was a publicity stunt. She's, uh, she yeah, she's she's creating an autonomous anti-eviction uh organization they're gonna have these bees coming around how do you even train for that how do you trade i have no idea i have no idea it's absolutely insane it's it's insane couldn't you take them out with like a shotgun if you're far enough away
1: oh like the the pellets maybe like sound weapons or like uh like a super soaker might even be yeah 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 yeah. or smoke
2: you need a smoke gun right doesn't put them to sleep or make them lethargic smoke isn't that what beekeepers use well it depends on the kind of smoke Oh, okay. It's Not legal yeah, here in Chattanooga. Yeah, <laughs> not. Yet. Anyways, but in Massachusetts it is.
1: Hey, Michael Vincent, would you comply with the lint roller?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Who doesn't want to be lint rolled as you're walking into a business? <laughs> Look at that. That's perfect. <laughs> Especially I if, would, you know, you, I probably tip the guy. If you have, if, like, <laughs> I, I,
1: I've had, I used to have a golden retriever. If you've ever had like a golden retriever yeah. in a peacoat, you know just how much like you would need to invest. in Yeah, I'd, in lint I'd tip rolls.
2: the guy a couple bucks. <laughs> Wouldn't you? What if he lint rolled you and said, no, you you got to leave."
1: Yeah, hey, look who I can see in the green room. He looks so handsome. He looks awesome as always, and I think he might have even gotten a little hair trim for his appearance today. It's me Jet McCanless. He Freshly. is the founder and CEO over at Project Forty Four. Jet, it's awesome to see you, man. Great to see y'all. I love uh, love all the, the
3: the events, the videos prior to me being on. It's awesome. <laughs> Would you comply with the lint roller, or you uh, you like to keep the the hair off the clothes? <laughs> I I definitely always need the lint roller. Uh, I do get a little scared on how easy uh, people just comply with someone standing at a door. That's, yeah. that's alarming.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's crazy, That's right? That's the key takeaway. I mean, you, you, you take their temperature and roll them a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Now, you, had, you, you had
1: like a ton of big news and a lot of it centered around Project 44, but some of it's even more personal. You had a child relatively recently and we've even traded Legos sure. and all of that. So I want to start off there because I know for me, fatherhood changed my perspective on a lot of stuff. And I was
3: curious how it's changed you so far. Wow. Uh, So it's changed me quite a bit more than I expected. You know, I never really had a a huge desire to be a dad. I always thought life was really great and couldn't see all the advantages of it. But now it's definitely the best chapter in my life being being a father. I could share uh, just a a few stories like quickly here. But being a dad has definitely made me um, much more uh, risk adverse. Like I went heli. I've been going heli skiing every year for about 10 years. And I think last season was my last season. I was (laughs) nervous the entire time on the chopper, Mm. the landing, everything. And uh, you know, maybe good reason to be. the The following week that I left, uh, you know, someone someone died up there, unfortunately. So those really high risk uh, situations, I'm I'm less less excited to be in. Business wise, it's probably focused. No, that, that's, that's totally true. It, it happened
2: to me as well. I did that back in the day as well. It's crazy fun, but yeah, after a while you start thinking about these things, but as you've been developing as a, you know, a business leader, obviously in, in visibility throughout the world, has that changed your perspective on your job there as well? And how important
3: actually that is? Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's had some impacts for a number, number of reasons. One, it is kind of weird once you're a, a father or a parent, you kind of have this alumni, uh, at least I feel this way. I haven't talked about this with anyone, but perhaps on uh, what the truck is the place. But it kind of feels like anyone that's a dad or a mom, like I immediately have more of a bond with them. So that's mm-hmm. kind of uh, bizarre when you think about it. And so that, that that bond that you have with people, it's international. So with an American and speaking English as a first language, mm, that could be uh, when you're going to other cultures, it could be difficult to find what that bond is. You know, try to find it in logistics supply chain or business. Or being a good human, but when you uh what's international and what always translates well is being a parent. So that's that's impacted visibility yeah. yeah. globally. Oh no,
1: I I totally hear you. you know, there's things like that I wasn't prepared for when I became a dad. There's certain things that like, oh, it's almost like this sort of another step in its completion to to manhood. There are things that turn on inside you, especially empathetic things, like you even mentioned so eloquently there. In business, it it translates not just that home life, but it translates into business because first you have this icebreaker with kids and everyone can sort of understand and relate that. But you understand your employees and people's motivations a lot better because now you, you have those right in front of you as well. And a lot of people are guided by the same ones, but it also helps you understand your parents better, too, which has been cool.
3: That's right. 100%. So what has that been
1: like? Like, Not only are you the father to this this super precious child, and I found it interesting, the extreme sports thing, because I know like, about a year ago when I interviewed you, that came up. And I was like, doesn't that make your investors nervous? Does it make you nervous? Does it make other people nervous doing heli skiing? And you're like, eh, devil may cry. But kids change perspective. But what has it been like during this great period of disruption and massive growth for Project 44 traveling the world, being at the helm
3: of this company? Well, it's been very exciting. It's been very challenging, also. I think the first time I was on the show, I said we were one percent of the way to our goal, and I would say we're still only one percent of the way to our goal. Uh, we have just incredible opportunity uh, in, ahead of us. We're going very quickly. I'm fortunate for the support from our customers, carriers, uh, and our, our channel partners out there. And you know, it's it it, it is pretty phenomenal. I just finished up a twenty eight day business trip. Uh, I was in fourteen different countries and. I try to take my son as much as I can and my wife. So that's uh, the logistics of that is uh, needs its own visibility software. It is it is fascinating going out there and meeting all these different people and cultures and uh, getting our product out out everywhere.
2: So Jet, as you're doing that, I'm interested because what the the business that you're in and that we're in here is, is kind of like you turn over a rock and then there's 12 more rocks down there. And some of them are really shiny looking rocks, right? How do you keep the focus on what you're doing and not go, Oh man, I need to pivot and do this and go, okay, wait a minute. We need to save this one for later. How do you keep that, that energy flowing right focused on what you're doing?
3: Yeah, it is a bit of a t- tug. And I think you know, as an entrepreneur and someone who likes to solve problems, just having that discipline and being aware of it does require some, some skills and some sharpening and even executive coaching. And uh, we have a value of Project 44, which is real talk. And so making sure that people around the table are using that value, real talk and saying, now is not the time to start a new product mm-hmm. or we can't, can't. We have 31 SKUs that we service. Uh, around the world. So that's, that's a lot of skews. It's uh, abnormally high. So one could make an argument. We've already started to do uh, too much many years ago, we haven't been adding skews uh, for for a while, uh, just trying to hone in and get those core foundational products really elevated to the next level.
1: Now, when you and your team look at what's been going on over the past years, and especially this year where the we're seeing that other end of the bullwhip effect, and we're seeing that, that deep drop-off, and you have companies like Levi's and one company after the other, especially in retail, saying, you know, we're canceling orders until next year, and we're all seeing it in peak season right now. Is what we're seeing in the data surprising you, and what are you seeing? What is your take sort of on at least the – let's say U.S. before we go global. What's your take on what's happening at least coming into the U.S.?
3: I think one of the most interesting – trends that's kind of i didn't see it picked up too much but it's some people had talked about for for a couple of decades and that is now that the east coast uh is importing more containers than the west coast and i remember back in the 90s people talking about that this this trend would likely happen like most things in transportation logistics i think it happened took longer to happen but that's a pretty big um uh that's a pretty big moment to really consider in in supply chain uh what we're seeing in the U.S., it doesn't surprise me uh, too much. I think Freightways is really early on. I think it was back in March when you all saw the tender uh, rejection job, drop and made some really provocative, uh, bold statements early on. And our data reflected the same. Uh, we don't have that data outward facing uh, for folks to consume like, like freight waves is built in sonar, but uh, we could see that, that that same that same data. I can tell you that also in Europe, uh, it's happening very similar. Um, Europe's a mess, to be honest. Uh, It's it's gonna be a real challenge. They have inflation for different reasons. Their markets are moving for different reasons. Their freight is being impacted for different reasons, but uh, they're certainly uh, going, they're gonna go through a lot of disruption too. I think what's kind of bizarre is these inventory levels will be getting low. There'll be a lot of discounting that happens. Like you mentioned, a lot of canceled orders. We don't see a tremendous amount of volume shipping right now. Um, so I'm curious to see if consumer demand stays high uh, throughout the year and maybe that's too borrowing, it's too debt, um, doesn't see, which it seems to be increasing. I'm curious to see what uh, inventory is actually available next year. Um, if it is a soft, soft landing, like some folks are saying, you know, I saw Bloomberg said it's 100% chance of a recession next year a hundred percent chance is
2: a pretty good chance i'm probably putting my money there i mean
1: there's a hundred percent chance at least won't be very good i mean if you just well, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah you, you have to look at the data in the u.s yeah. i mean there's just there's there's Clear reasons.
2: Uh, absolutely. I mean, We were talking about, you know, even if it's a decent spending season, holiday season, does that just drain some of the inventory that's already way too high right now and doesn't really impact uh, the, the, the inflow of, of freight? Well, here's the thing. If
1: I buy my kids $200 each worth of gifts, that's like my budget per kid. If I buy them yeah. $200 each, like yeah. I'm not increasing my budget. The no. So this means like. less freight is moving. And this happened in a lot of households. A lot of people aren't just raising their budget to meet this stuff. They're like, all right, we'll just buy a little less stuff.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You, you posted about uh, coffee and Brazilian coffee uh, uh, in particular, but it talking about the visibility uh, and how visibility impacts your cost of that cup of coffee, right? Can you dig into that a little bit and what that means as far as visibility in your freight and why that's so important to the cost structure?
3: Well, I think I always think of this as you have inventory in motion and you have inventory in rest. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we do is we provide the visibility to the inventory in in motion. And if you don't know where your inventory in motion is at, then it's really difficult just to manage your demand and uh, what you have available uh, by inventory at, at rest. You can get these really bizarre um, uh, trends in your inventory supply. And I think what we're seeing out there is, you know, we saw companies go from just in time to what we saw during uh, COVID as there started to be supply chain disruptions. They moved to just in case inventory. And now as we see interest rates rising, whether it's the large retailer, the well-established company or the small vendor uh, that's carrying this inventory, that cost of inventory is significantly higher now than it has been in, in the past. And so, I think it's just um, if you don't know where your inventory is at and you're paying costs for the inventory and interest on that inventory and you can't sell the product, um, that becomes uh, problematic. But we do have one e-commerce company. that's very large. that Everyone on the show uh, is, is probably a customer of that actually sells inventory um, in motion. So if you go to their website and you go to buy an item, rather than say it's out of stock, or sometimes it's even worse. Some companies you buy the product and then they tell you a day or two later when the expectant's to out of stock. Mm-hmm. This e-commerce company actually uh, pings Project 44. They we know what's inside the, the truck, and then we tell them what the ETA is, and they and they run a quick formula to see if they could actually process, receive that product in order to hit a two-day delivery. And I think that's pretty fascinating when you think about how to really expedite. Uh, that inventory and make sure that cost is low, and ha- a way that you can leverage visibility to, to lower your cost.
1: Now, outside of the freight market, in terms of the economic market, what do you think that will do to VC and the freight tech field? You guys are very familiar with that. You've raised to a multi-billion-dollar valuation, um, but is that going to change things? or deals coming off the table? Craig, like anecdotally, has said he was just at an at like a private investor conference, and there were a lot of changes in the conversations that were happening. The the, te- the room and the temperature had changed, or the, the the
2: temperature in the room, not the room and the temperature. Yeah, either way. We <laughs> understood it. Inside out, doesn't matter. Yeah.
3: Are you seeing it. that? Uh, well, I think what what we see out there is that, you know, obviously uh, cheap money is gone. And the question oh, yeah. is how long has it gone yeah. for? Maybe forever, maybe for a decade, uh, likely at least the next year. And, you know, a lot of high net worth individuals and corporations and uh, folks out there, they were just borrowing capital at 2%, you know, maybe less. And then you invest that as a LP, a limited partner, into a venture firm or a private equity firm. And if they can get you a 10, 20, 30% return, well, that's a, there's a delta between what you're borrowing at and what the return is. And that works really great as long as multiples of companies continue to, to rise up. When you look at uh, if you're paying 5, 6, 7, 8% for your money, and the returns could be compressed because there's not as much new money to chase after that next uh, that next round. Well, that starts to bring a lot of pause and into into that ecosystem. Uh, we are seeing companies uh, struggle to raise capital. Uh, that said, the category kings, the dominant players, companies that have product market fit and great business uh, uh, unit economics uh, continue to be able to raise capital uh, pretty, pretty easily. We have an overwhelming amount of inbound interest from the top firms in the world, but it's because uh, we're dominant in every way that's measurable and we're the only global company out there. So I think a lot of venture firms and private equity firms realize that the digital uh, connective tissue for supply chain is going to be built one time, and so they want to put money in. But there's also some other great companies out there that, that, that recently raised, but we should expect um, a number of companies to not be able to get funding and start to go out, go out of business or be sold at last round prices are discounted heavily.
2: Mm, very interesting. So, Jet, the 28 days in the 14 countries and all the data that you have and and are looking at their Project 44 – and we, we all know that trade, uh, global trade is a very important indicator of the world economy, right? But we have kind of this division that is happening here with you've got Ukraine, the Ukraine situation and the allies of Russia and, and that type of stuff changing the way oil is flowing and being traded and moved around the world. Is this spilling over to more than just grain? And does this have implications for supply chains even stronger than
3: we're looking at moving forward? Well, I think so for for, for certain... <clears throat> You know, anecdotally, uh, I was just in Paris and I saw lines of cars, the gas station in Paris, because you have, you know, a number of strikes happening at various uh, labor uh, unions. <clears throat> um, I could see that when I was in Europe quite a bit. And as inflation goes up, you know, like we talk about eight, nine, 10 percent mm-hmm. uh, unions, especially they're much stronger. There are many more in Europe. Uh, they're looking to get compensated for that, for that inflation. But. At the same time, productivity is also down, uh, which is you know pretty alarming. It's one of the first times productivity has been down in U.S. and Europe uh, so significantly in over half a century. So that's also causing uh, inflation. So people want to get paid more for inflation, which is natural, but uh, productivity is down. So um, I think that we can uh, continue to see disruptions really in all parts of, of supply chain. Uh, naturally, we're through a lot of the, the bottlenecks and a lot of the... Um, uh, the, the challenges, uh, of that happened through, through COVID, but, uh, it's going to be pretty wild for, for quite a long time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What do you wish more people were aware of? You have a different perspective. You get to travel these
1: countries, you get a very good mm-hmm. viewpoint and a very high viewpoint. What should more of us be thinking about that we're not putting enough energy into?
3: Well, uh, freight related or just like society well, uh, you can go with either. We can go we can go deep on this. So, you know, yeah. we, can, we can
1: start go with freight, maybe there's something in society that that's on your mind.
3: I think I think freight related. You know, we talk about a supply chain and perhaps we talk about it so often we forget what that second word is, which is chain. So they really are just links of the chain that all all come together. Uh, which is why we we started a, a new, our new product name is movement, join the movement. Let's get all those chains to come to come together without that um that'd be something that could really resonate with, with people, but uh, it's going to take a lot of collaboration from, from all of us to, to solve these, these challenges that are ahead of us. And I guess I'd probably tie that all in together. It's like, you know, there's 8 billion people on the planet right now. There's about 80 billion humans that have been alive. So about 10% of total human population is what's, what's alive right now. And um, I think that, you know, like true collaboration and i just think so much of the topics out there are polarizing they're just meant for clicks rather than uh to get together you know humans to really join together to to solve 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 problems um how divided uh not only this country is but other countries are we could see it in elections um and we could see uh, obviously wars happening uh Mm. it it obviously saddens me it concerns me but i think we're better uh i think people are better and i really hope that we can invest in mental health and We can uh, really talk about some of the fundamentals, like, you know, great diet, good exercise, not too much blue screen, you know, take some time to have some relationships with people. And I think it fixes supply chains and it fixes mankind. Well,
1: you know, we can start by reading to our kids. So before I let you go, you had a picture on LinkedIn of of yourself reading to your child. And that got me curious. What's your favorite book so far that you have read to your kid? What have you taken the most enjoyment in?
3: Oh, well, you know. He he maybe was tolerant for like half a page of, of that book. That's a fantastic book if you haven't read it. Um what is uh his favorite his favorite book is uh Little Blue Truck. That's my favorite one to read. Not I don't bad. know if you know that one. Uh, no, I do. I
1: know it's got a song to that one too.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Good. There's a book. Yeah.
1: Hey Jet, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Congratulations to you and the Project 44 team on your continued success.
3: I appreciate it. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks Jet. Cheers.
1: Uh, always a good time catching up
2: with
3: you.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Good yeah. guy. It's it, it, amazing how he maintains his perspective on life with all the success that they had there.
1: You know, I remember being at, like, FedEx Trade, and there was always this sort of, like, assumption amongst, like, the workforce that the higher-ups were, like, always out doing nothing. Like, yeah. just out there running around the world doing, doing deals and setting these things up and getting perspective yeah. and getting his family involved. It's a lot of
2: work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, no doubt about it. They
1: does not just sit there and collect a check. No. Hey, XBO is driven to put your freight first. With coverage in 99% of U.S. zip codes, as well as key routes in Mexico and Canada, XBO will help you get your shipments where they need to go, on time and damage-free. All fine-tuned by over 35 years of world-class LTL experience. To learn more, go to...
2: Hey, go to ltl-solutions.xbo.com.
1: All right, let's keep some people from freezing to death in their trucks. we got to catch up with... Oh, yeah. He's director of Safety and Reliance and Partners. What's up, man? What's up, fellas? You know, we have <laughs> another guest in studio that's coming on after you holding a guitar. We should have had you come down with your guitar, Bobby.
0: Oh, man. I am not far away, so maybe we can do that. Next That'd time, be, next yeah, time, come absolutely. in studio,
1: bring the guitar. We'll, we'll keep you on extra time just so we can hear those things sing, my friend.
0: Oh, excellent. Excellent. Love well, to hey. do it
1: winter is coming up, right? You might, your truck make break down in the middle, listening to some rush, you know, oh, yeah. Abs- Freezing I love yeah. that
2: shirt. That shirt is awesome. What do
1: drivers <laughs> oh, need <thank> to, <laughs> what do drivers need to know to be prepared for winter?
0: Well, I'll tell you, um, you know, we can talk a lot about a lot of cool things, FMCSA regulations and all that, but you know, I've got, I've got three sons. We're a bland, blended family. We got six kids, my wife and I, and uh, my three sons are all Eagle Scouts. Uh, went through Boy Scouts, and really, um, the motto is "Be prepared," and mm-hmm. it, it, that's a passion because when you need something, where you, when you're in a situation where you have to have something, you know, that's the time you think, "Well, I wish I had done this, or I wish i had not." that's too late. Start and be prepared. Think ahead. If you don't need something, you don't need it. But if you don't have it and you need it, that's, that's a crisis. So think ahead.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you've got, we've got uh, cold weather happening right now. Most people might be thinking, Hey, I'm going up to uh, the great lakes. Not yeah. much snow this time of year. Nah, maybe you're a foot or two, maybe plus, right? What are some of those things that somebody should be stocking up on in their truck?
0: Well, I I tell you, it's, it's really common sense stuff. Um, you know, you can survive for a while with just some, uh, water and, um, snacks. You Mm -hmm. can survive for a while. Um, a candle is always a great thing. It gives you light. It gives you, it gives you, uh, heat. And honestly, it gives you hope. So those three things will keep you going for a while. Just crack a window while you're you're using a candle.
1: I was gonna say <laughs> scented. I was gonna say scented <laughs> or non scented.
0: <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it depends on the mood of the day. Aromatherapy you know? while you're <laughs> flammable yeah, That's right. That's right. Get get something that, that's gonna keep you calm.
1: You know, we, we laugh though, but there were a number of stories on freight waves in the national media last cold season mm. where there were trucks broken down for days, right? There were, yeah. we even covered the people who came out and they brought meals to people. Yeah, that's they right. were stuck. This that's right. This can actually, this can actually happen. If you're stuck for days, you're going to get cold. What should you be putting in the truck to keep your ass warm?
0: You know, extra clothes, blankets, those mylar space blankets, they take up zero weight. They take up zero space and uh, they keep the heat in very well. Extra socks, blankets, uh, water. We talked about food, water, you know, batteries. Um, Really, getting a portable battery is really cheap now that you can charge your cell phone on. So um, just keep those things uh, an emergency kit. Just keep those things in your truck, and um, they don't cost a lot. You put a kit together, leave it in your truck, and you never know when you're going to need it. But when you do, you'll be thankful you have it.
1: You got to stop by a conference, right? Like if you go by a, like a modern conference these days, you'll yeah. walk out of there with like 27 uh, char- like pocket chargers oh, yeah. you for could a charge, cell phone. You could charge the
2: whole neighborhood after get, one conference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> after, it'll be great. That's what, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. What about heat? You talk about the Mylar blankets, which are great, and and the gloves, the earmuffs, and all that other kind of stuff. What about heat sources? We talked about a candle, but other people are going to bring in a hibachi grill and start uh, lighting coals on fire inside there, right? What do we need to know about that and safety there?
0: <laughs> yeah. The chemical hand warmers are fantastic. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing that is is dangerous about those. Uh, just um, you keep those, and, and they're they're very good to use. Um, quite honestly, uh, you can get you can get electric blankets that you can use in your truck. Um, you can get those off of any website that um, sells a lot of stuff and ships it to your house next day.
1: How about regulation-wise, right? Not getting in trouble driving in bad weather. What does a driver need to know in terms of like hours of service? Let's say out on the road, blizzard starts kicking, Mm. the snow starts getting bad, and you're maybe two hours out, but you don't want to park because you've only got 30 minutes left of service and get stuck right in the middle of the eye of the storm.
0: Yeah, there's regulations, that exemptions that you could utilize. Um, Be cautious with that, though. If the rules are you can use a, a... weather event to extend your driving time for up to two hours. The thing is, is it, is it something that you should have known or something that you could have known? Um, You know, if there's a tornado, something like that, that's something that you can't predict winter coming off or snow coming off of the great lakes uh, in Rochester, New York, in the middle of January. And you're going to use that exemption, check the weather. Absolutely, the thing is though, if it's bad, pull off before you have to make that decision. Find a place to park. It, it no accident, no or no deliveries worth your life. So, just make the smart choice and pull off and and uh, find yourself a place, safe place to stay.
2: Yeah. The
1: yeah, best way to absolutely. avoid an accident
2: is man. not to get into one. That ne- yeah. And that neck of the woods that you're talking about up there, man, ground blizzards will get you in a heartbeat out there. You can see clear blue sky, but you can't see a foot in front of you for, for days uh, sometimes. What about, what that- about, uh, what about boredom? How, how important is it to keep yourself from just sitting there going stir crazy, right?
0: Well, yeah, that's, that's part of that mental state. You you have to keep yourself in, in a good mental state. Um, you can download podcasts, um, music onto your phone today. There's, there's plenty of options, books, books on tape or books that you can download to your, your phone. There's plenty of options to keep you entertained. Um, back when I was driving for a living, uh, we didn't have cell phones and we didn't have the, uh, modern conveniences of today. Uh, you might've had a paperback. So, um, just keep yourself keep yourself entertained music's always good listen to rush that's correct that's a that's a great way to pass the time um but <laughs> yeah any um any music that you enjoy things like that books How about, if you uh, get really, you get really bored f m c s a regulations you know every uh, truck has a green book yeah.
2: Just read uh, that. Uh, that might make you risk. <laughs> yeah. That might make you
1: risk the, the road over That's there. It.
0: Yeah, it's
2: good for insomnia
0: too. <laughs> Before we really let you good. go, how about outside
1: the truck visibility for other motorists? We're talking about really ah. bad weather. So people probably are not going to see you yeah. and you might go to sleep because you're stuck overnight. What should you be thinking about? So people don't crash into you.
0: Yeah. Flashers keep your flashers on lights on, um, triangles. If you're, if you're parked anywhere close to the roadway, um, triangles, you want to keep those things out. Um uh, Really think about where you're going to be parking and are you going to be an obstacle for other vehicles and really keep keep that in mind. There's times when you just have no option. There's traffic all around you and you have to park on the side of the road. Just uh, do your best, make yourself visible, uh, keep those flashers on for sure and put your triangles out.
1: Mm. very cool well if there's an article version of uh what robert's kind of told us you you hooked up with uh jack or one of our writers over here is published the other day on com. so if you need uh, a resource okay. other than this you want to pass it out to your people either share this episode or get that article out some hey rob thank you so much for coming on keeping drivers safe this nice winter appreciate thanks it thanks
0: for having me guys take have care have a good weekend
1: you got it Take See it y'all. easy. meanwhile <laughs> that is not randy, randy. I need to teach him this trick, though. This is awesome. Oh, yeah. Now, I wonder how long this dog's been doing this
2: for, because as you see, he just runs right back down. It's
0: a total loop here. For a long time,
2: he could do it. Right back down the slide. Oh, yeah, he'll do it all day. I just wonder how long he's been doing this. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. He's probably still out there right now.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Well, right now, Bring we got out there. Bring a with you. Hey, you saw those guitars in Rob's studio, and I think yeah. that Phil Highland, our next guest, is probably getting a little envious looking at that wall. But He's a uh, business development over at Bluebird Express, but more importantly, he's a great guy with uh, with an axe on his leg. What's up,
4: Phil? How are you guys doing? What, what a great you? show, you guys. Uh, man, I feel like i just been to school. I learned so much from Jet and then Robert. That's awesome. And always to see guitars, you know, it's so true. Music's a great way to kind of step away, like at my desk. I have the guitar right near me, you know, if I'm going, we do so much, whether you're a freight broker or you're a driver, you got to do all your own admin work. And there are just times I have to stop with the billing and I pick up the guitar just to chill out for a second. You just like, even just, ah, you know, strum a note. uh... He makes a great point. So like I I have
1: really bad ADHD and it's very easy for me to like Fall into hyper focus on stupid sure. stuff like like Reddit or, sure. or my phone. And the great thing about practicing guitar, one of the reasons I got it is it occupies both my hands and like my mind. So yeah. I can I, I can just be in that one thing. Yeah. So there, many other things I do, there's 10 billion distractions that can go on at the same time.
2: Yeah. There's so many different practice techniques and doing spider walks and practicing the cage system, whatever, that I will just like occupy your mind you ever just pick up a guitar and and just hold it because it's like this crutch that just kind of it just feels better to have it in your hands than not it's protection right it's like a it's like a shield yeah yeah (laughs) i'm
4: I'm nothing without it (laughs) now before before
1: we ask you about about that guitar there because i think there might be a story to it we just saw the ones in Robert's office you walk into his office which one are you grabbing off the wall
4: i i'm not even a bass player but i was looking at that bass i don't even know what it was but it looked cool i'm like i'll try that
2: yeah, he had a nice Jaguar sitting there on the, on yeah, the wall, Yeah, yeah, he had yeah. a great selection. Yeah, he had a Firebird. That's Firebird, exactly yeah, was. Firebird was the
1: bass. It was a yeah, Jaguar. Yeah, it's Nice. Philly, you That's play a little uh, guitar. Tell us about your guitar, and then we'll get in. Maybe we'll hear a song
4: from you. You know what? It, yeah, it's so funny. Like, I was just thinking about, like, why am I on your show with a guitar? But, and I think a lot of you guys and gals out there can relate. Like, I got into this business not even thinking about getting into the business, I was doing like loadouts for Lenny Kravitz after he'd come off of a tour, you know, we'd break down all the staging and, you know, put all his drums and all of his equipment into a, a warehouse in New Jersey. And I was in a band too. So I was booking my own tours, but then I kept getting these jobs like, hey, can you do a winter garden show for Whitney Houston? So I became a rigger and I started to do front of house load-ins. And then I went on tour, I made an album and I was never going to be a logistics guy, but here I am. So it kind of does make sense, like, why a lot of people in the business have an affinity for music. Um, And, you know, just in my travels, like, this guitar, there's an artist named Tim Armstrong. He's from the band Rancid, and you can look him up. He's got, you know, some great hits, and he's written big hits for other artists. He's a total punker, but this is, uh, Fender put this out for him. It's called the Hellcat, and this is, like, the kind of guitar, like, this is my go-to now. Anyone can, it's in a sweet price range, um, easy to play. You can play it for live shows. I do so much of my writing on it. I just put fresh strings. It sounds so good. Yeah. So it's, it's a total pro. And uh, Tim and his team sent this to me a few years ago. And because um, I've got a relationship with one of the guys over there. And it's, it's just a great axe. So, yeah, music,
2: logistics, rock and roll. I still well, write. People, musicians love their axes, man. Well, I mean, yeah. you, you, it, it sounds like you sleep with that thing. I love the inlays on it. I wish we had a better picker, uh, picture of well, it. Well, you the said that question, about
1: the, like, why would I come on with a guitar? But, I mean, one of the secrets about this show is that the show is about the people in logistics. Yeah, what, right? well, the absolutely. it's just okay. the yeah. like a magazine show to highlight people and what they do. That's why we don't always yeah. highlight a bunch of logistics Concepts, we want to meet people. Because it's not that easy to always network in this business mm-hmm. and meet everybody. Let's hear one of your songs though, Phil. I know all your catalog is available up on Spotify. You can look up Phil Highland. That for your audio listeners, that's
4: H Y L N. You
1: can look up on Spotify. Introduce the song though and let us hear
4: it. Yeah, you know, I just it's so funny how like songs open doors. Like I I wrote a song called Tennessee River Song. I was kinda going through a dry spell. A friend of mine in Chicago was like, man, just sit down with a you know white piece of paper, try to bang something out. So I was like, OK, let me try that. You know, Tennessee River, as it flows, sings a song that we both know. Day and night, the chorus rings in the valley below. So I was inspired. You know, I'm a, an L.A. guy that moved to Tennessee. And um Fell in love with the river, and Buddy took me bass fishing. So that that song I wrote it, I recorded it, came out, and then a guy in uh, up on Lookout Mountain heard it, and he said, "Hey, we're developing a golf resort with Hilton called Macklemore." Ooh. I'm like, "That's cool." And he's like, "His name is Matt Bateman, great guy." And he's like, "Can you write a song for Macklemore?" I'm like, "It's a golf course." how's that connected to rock and roll, (laughs) right, you know, you need something like Pachelbel's Canon, like, you know, you need some kind of like that Wyndham Hill kind of vibe, not not so much, you know, my dad was an old golf writer, so I was like, yeah, man, my dad wrote about golf, and so I went up to Rising Fawn, Georgia, where the Macklemore is, and um, turns out, there's a history there, there's a Scottish immigrant named Macklemore, fell in love with a Cherokee princess. They got married and settled there. So I'll play just like the first few bits of this song. It's, it's on my Spotify right now, so Macklemore High, and this is for a golf club. It's pretty pretty weird, but cool. I wanted something kind of meaty. Okay. Well, I met my bride. In a springtime rain, and I took a little walk with her to a higher plane, hidden mountain road. More high. high above those clouds, me and my girl, yes, we're gonna settle down.
2: Sweet, nice, so, really nice.
4: Yeah, uh, hey I man, love it. Thanks. Let me give a plug to Chattanooga because right down the street, we're on Freight Row, right? Yeah, so that's cool. Just down the street. Is Wavelength Studios, which is like, for me, it's like the Muscle Shoals of Chattanooga. They've got great producers there. They've got Wayne on a beat and Trey, and my friend Stephen Bedford, who was on this show, introduced me to Wavelength. So I've like, in my short time in Chattanooga, I've just grown. Okay, so I wrote two songs based on Tennessee. For me as an artist, that's huge. And like I said, I was even telling my daughter, who's doing the songwriter thing, I'm like, you never know, like where a song will take you. Even just like bringing a, a guitar on a on a freight show, there's so many players out there right now. I know it, you know, and people who sing and have other talents. So it's, I don't know, man. It's cool. I just try to be transparent. You know, back in the day when I came up. And, uh, you know, the corporate environment, you were never supposed to talk about your outside activities. Yeah, I think yeah, a lot of that's yeah, broken yeah. down now. People don't yeah. care. Like, dude, I play music, man. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think the music and the guitar resonates because it seems to be one of those things that even if you don't play it, you still love it and wish you did. Well, I, you know, I think, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> right? a lot of workers
1: do that. now Because it used to be like the only, the only recreational activity you could talk about was like golf, right? Like yeah. that was acceptable. Everything else wasn't. But I think a lot of like our generation younger realizing that it's hard to like meet friends when you become an adult too so if you really Man. want to meet people of common interests you kind of have to talk about them a little yeah, bit absolutely and put do. those signals out there most of us are working all the time because we live in this country
4: and when you play golf you like check out it's like really let's be real it's like a seven hour deal i would do that in la when my girls were small my wife's like where are you yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can't be gone for like you know, seven hours on a Saturday. So, I, you know, <laughs> thank nice goodness for the guitar. Okay, yeah, it, saved, yeah, it probably magic. saved my marriage.
2: <laughs> I think it's interesting that you went that route with the golf with the golf song because I've played golf and I play guitar and bass and, and so and you on. you Played with the Baja man. And, well, and I even played with the Baja man. We'll get to that. But holy, you I, played with the think, Baja man? Oh yeah, it's right there. <laughs> like, Check dude, it out. We,
1: show that on the screen. How, I, how much
2: time do we have? I got a story. Second from the bottom. There's me right and there. Lou Reed. What? Yeah.
4: I was in the Bahamas shooting the album cover with Dale May for the Bahamas debut album. Oh, who with Let Dale. The dogs out. Yeah, good job. Dude, fun. this is going to turn into an hour show now.
2: <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
1: Well, no, what happened was so earlier today, I was like, hey, we were looking at your About Me, and I mentioned the, I was like, oh, he's with the Bahamens. Michael Vincent was like, who the hell are the Bahamens? <laughs> <laughs> who let the dogs out you never heard of who let the dogs out before so i'm giving him so much shit about it that he goes to the wikipedia and looks up baja man and he's like well i bet you didn't know lou reed was in the baja man <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if
4: it's the same lou reed though was lou somebody reed named it,
2: lou reed it's right there in black w- and white was in- he there on the
4: island with you phil Lou reed yeah the ghost of lou reed maybe <laughs> the ghost, yeah. over on the wild side out there
2: on the island
4: that is crazy it's such a small world, man. It's
2: such a small world. Yeah, it is I mean, a, small world. a lot like, of people don't know Sweet Jane was originally called Who Let the Dogs Out.
4: Well, let me ask you something. Do you ever... <laughs> don't put that <laughs> picture in up. That's like the worst hairdo, man. I hate that picture. I swear... Let's like show a, that picture again. He hates what it. picture what? does he That's hate like here? what they call helmet hair now. It's like an 05 hairdo. I didn't uh, know any better. Yeah, I don't know what's going <laughs> on. It's the uh, cover
2: of your album. Wait a minute. You got Guy Liner on in that picture? Bro, maybe. Emo's
4: <laughs> coming back. You know, <laughs> out of all the pictures, can, you gotta pick that picture.
2: Wow. That <laughs> looks like your cure days. Angry or Our like
1: production, Gay Tanner, was just at like a My Chemical Romance show. That's very like, you know, 2004. True. True, true there you go See, he said right in my ear it's coming back that and pokemon, cars, back. pokemon and my chemical romance <laughs> and phil's uh, haircut that's on the cover of that album. phil you ever do uh you ever do like a like an improv song like a trucker blues song like
4: if i played you a I video did, of an man, angry trucker I, you think you might have I a song i wanted to ask you guys like do you have a theme song
1: no well yeah we have a song that like opens the show that's that's a theme song
4: where'd you get it like who wrote it where's it from
1: I don't, you know, it's, it's this guy named, like, the Lord of Lightning, but then, um, like, that's just the base, and then, like, I put the cowbell in there, and then uh, the guy yelling um, what the truck is, this the same guy who was in the Mortal Kombat commercial. Like, okay. I was like, oh! combat i found him on cameo and i reached out to him this guy kyle wyatt and i was like hey can you yell what the truck like you yelled mortal Kombat. so he he did that for us
4: maybe we um, could do like an alternate because he kind of he's already running with the idea you definitely need that what the truck almost like a run dmc beat so you know maybe we could do a tune where it's like that's our chorus what the truck and then i've got all these lyric ideas for you guys like my driver fell off my load what the truck Can someone please help me make a D.O.? I don't know if you've ever been a freight broker. Sure. Or can you help me learn how to transfer a call and use that email program called Front at the office? Oh. Never mind. Uh, That that line sucks. Uh, What the truck? Why are you so expensive? Shipping is expensive. Yeah. Although not as much anymore. You can tell me these lyrics are terrible. I'm just trying to help you guys.
1: Well, that's okay. Well, you know, we don't typically uh, sing our theme. We did have an angry trucker. I don't know if we have enough time for him. We had this angry trucker, and we we're going to write a song, so we might have to save him for uh, for next time. He was really pissy. But hey, you did get your hands dirty, so tell us this story really quick to give you a little credibility. You're out there doing some Dre.
2: Play that oh, tape. Oh,
4: yeah. Dude, I'm so glad you found that. So that yeah. is my cousin Larry in Memphis, and he does Dre, and he does a bit of the yard jockey stuff too. So I was down there with him, and he's like, hey, I got to move some cans on a Saturday before we go fishing. I went out with him, and it really, and that's when I was doing Drayage uh, brokering. Dude, these guys work so hard. I I just have profound uh, respect for everybody, even the brokers, everybody, like, at Steam Logistics, all these companies I used to work at. Man, people work so hard. And, dude, that guy was just schlepping it. You see how he's moving in and out of that truck? Absolutely.
2: So, <laughs> Phil, do you pull the whole, hey, whoa, well, I'm a I'm a musician, man. I can't crank those dollies. I can't hurt my hands. You got, my hey, man. <laughs> Dude,
4: I was in Atlanta loading a 53-footer two weekends ago. I Dude. mean, sometimes you just have to it, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. You know? All right, hey, Phil, man.
1: I have before we let you go to uh, promote Monday's show, we got this. We got Freight Caviar coming on, mm, and we yeah. also got oh, like the that. maker yeah. of this game, okay boomer. He sent us here, it's got trivia from all these different generations. You look Gen X to me. I'm going to give you some Gen X questions here. You okay with uh, it? Well, I got one yeah, question go ahead. here. All right, one. what was the term coined in the 1980s for a young professional who is peaking professionally in this decade? A yuppie. It yeah. was a yuppie. Hey, a little gal Wow. Bell. I Death even knew to that. One. That
2: was so easy. I knew it.
1: Where's well, the next one? All right, do we got another one? How go about on. one more right whole here? got a box of them. In the 1996 Olympics, what gymnast landed a gold medal clinching vault on her last attempt, despite a badly sprained ankle.
4: Oh, uh, dude. Was it uh, Mary Lou Retton?
1: It was Carrie Strug I think Lou Retton was like more the 80s sheet Yeah, 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 yeah. She's so she like Chrissy McNichol. Nick yeah. I get him mixed up. Well, go check out Phil Highland on Spotify, and while you're there, subscribe to What the Truck because we're on audio. If you would like to watch the show, download the Waves TV app or subscribe to FreightWaves YouTube channel for select segments of the show. Go to Back the Truck Up's YouTube channel. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Don't be a stranger.
2: Peace and love. Spread it everywhere, my friend.